Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Frankly, I, f- I feel kind of a little off balance because I've been gone since, what day did I leave? I left. You left Wednesday two, two weeks, weeks ago. Because it was right after your Pamper Chef party. You're right. Which was awesome, by the way. Yes. Got but, a lot of good stuff. Yep. Me too. Love me some Pamper Chef. But never have a party the day before you leave. It's really dumb. Yeah. It was seriously dumb because I hadn't even packed. <laughs> it's like, get up at 5 a.m. and pack your clothes. But you know what? I Whenever I go out of town, I mean, I don't usually pack until that morning. Because for one thing, half the stuff I use that morning, so I can't pack it. Oh, I and do I, the piling thing. I, I hate, I don't like doing the piling thing. That drives me crazy because then I'm half packed and that drives me crazy. Yeah, but I only do it the night before so that there are, you know, certain things that I don't want to put in my suitcase because I'm going to use them that next morning. Mm-hmm. So I pile those things and pack the rest. Maybe some. Yeah. And that way I know I'm not going to forget anything because it's all in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we go on our big, long vacations, I got to do some serious piling because we have to take kitchen items with us. That's coming up two weeks from now. When two I weeks go. and you're going to be gone for another two weeks? Yeah. Can't believe you keep leaving me like this. I know. It happens every year. You'd think people will get used to it, but they just don't. And this is the first year we've done a podcast that I'm leaving all the time. So, Right. We're going to go to a bi-weekly. No, excuse me, bi-monthly. We're going to a bi-monthly schedule for or the summer. Bi-monthly or bi-weekly. Every other week, bi-weekly. Is that the same thing? Bi-monthly Bi-weekly would be, would be two times a week. Oh, okay. I don't know. Wouldn't it? You're the grammar Nazi. You got to correct me. I have no idea if I'm right. I'd have to look it up. So would I. So let's just say once every two weeks. There you go. That works for me. (laughs) Because that way um, you won't miss me when I'm gone and you guys won't have to scramble to try to come up with people to fill in. And I will always miss you when you're gone. Oh, ain't that sweet. (laughs) And I even brought you back coffee cup from wyoming love coffee cups well i love coffee obviously we talk about coffee all the time on the podcast which don't let me forget i need to stop and buy coffee on the way home or else i'm going to be uncaffeinated tomorrow morning Ooh, that would not be good and that's a bad thing yes, I know. It's bad terrible. thing but you're not riding with me so how can i remind you well, i don't know <laughs> if you see me a, just make yourself a <laughs> note in there Set an alarm to buy coffee on your way home. Usually I text myself and I don't erase the text so the little text message stays on the top of my phone. Because then I'll look at it and go, what What the heck is that? What All the right. heck is that? I'm it's kind of like the string you. on the finger, except this way I can actually read what it is. I'm sending you a text in caps. Coffee. coffee. Oops. It said Kiffy. Kiffy? Coffee. So we were we are down one book girl today. Nicole could not join us. 
She's having a, um, some family health issues, and so, you know, short notice, we decided we're just going to do what we've got here, you know, since it's important to keep us reading. Right, and it sounds, I mean, we can talk for 40 minutes. We're pretty talkative people. We are talkative. Blah, bitty, blah, blah, blah. Before we came over here, we went to Half Price Books, which we love, by the way. Love Half Price Books. So I'm walking through Half Price Books. Vani always goes to her end and I go to my end. She goes to the audiobooks, and then mm-hmm. I go all over the place. Mm-hmm. I go all over the place sometimes if I'm looking for one specific book, but because I love audiobooks so much, I always want to see what new audiobooks they have. Well, you know, I was really intrigued by the 300... Th- 365 Ways to Develop Your Psychic Abilities book. That sounds interesting. I was kind of thinking, you know, I might get a hold of a copy of that. And that way, I could know what you're thinking before you speak. Sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's not so good if you know what I'm thinking all the time. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's another podcast for a different day, I think. (laughs) Like when we were eating dinner earlier, and that good-looking guy who looked like like, uh, a... I think he looked a bit like... uh, uh, Brian Williams at age 20. <laughs> I'm going, hmm, look at that guy over there. And Molly's like, hmm. <laughs> I'm glad just I couldn't read your mind here. that time, I'm telling you. <laughs> but I think next time I'm at three, Half Price Books, I'm going to get that 365 Ways to Develop Your Psychic Ability and we can discuss it. That would be interesting. Then we could do one every week. One way every week. Right. Or we could use that for like our... Um, you know, our, one of our themes, I could go and find me a book about witches and warlocks or something like that. Well, we can have us. But I think this is supposed to be. Night. I think this we is can... supposed to be nonfiction, though. <laughs> 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 Just guessing by by the other books that we're surrounding. Well, I'm sure it. they have some witchcraft. Maybe books we should are... have a wackadoo night where we could do palm reading and tarot cards. And psychic abilities and numerology. You know, there's one time that my sister read um, a Wiccan book. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you know, the religion. Yeah. Wiccan. And she took a Wiccan class. And just because she was curious, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I read some of that book and it was really freaking interesting. All the different, like the herbs that are supposed to cleanse your house. I mean, it's not all wackaboo do. Some of it is, wackaboo. you know. Wackaboo. Wackaboo. <laughs> I, love the, I love the phrase, the, the word wackadoo. I think it's made up. My friend Connie, who lives in Denver, used to say that a lot. They had a, they had a, she and her girlfriends had a wackadoo night once a month where they'd get together and each person would have to bring a new wackadoo skill to the table. <laughs> I uh, picked up some tarot cards on the side just in case they ever asked me to join. Did they ever ask you to join? No. Sadly. I'm sorry, but we've used your tarot cards before yeah, and it was yeah. actually kind of fun. Yeah. We had to go through the book sort of like, oh, that's what this means. And this is what that means. And oh, cool. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we're not very good at it. No. We had to have the training manual. Yeah. Tarot card reading for dummies. <laughs> actually, I think that's what the book is called. <laughs> I could be wrong, but Yeah. I read a lot of books while I was gone. I didn't read a whole lot of books. I read last podcast, which we haven't actually posted yet. I um, I read the... The one that you did while I was gone. Autobiography for Orange is the New Black <gasps> of of Piper Kerman. Oh, I love yes, Orange is the New Black. 
Right, because we were just talking about that. I know. What I was going to do, and I got to fill you in because I haven't seen you in two weeks, is I was going to read the autobiography instead of watching every season like I always do before I watch the new season. And how did that work for you? It didn't work. I'm still (laughs) watching the new seasons. I'm up to season three. I'm almost done with season three. But season three is an awesome season because that's the one where uh, Susan... Is it Susan or Suzanne Warren? Suzanne. Quote, unquote, crazy eyes writes the pornographic novel <sighs> and everyone's crazy for this novel and keeps bugging her to write more, write more, write more. That whole that whole show to me is so brilliant and I love it so much. Actually, every year this happens to me, I'm not able to watch the new season when it first comes out. You could, I'm a binger. Right. If something I want to watch on Netflix comes out, I sit and I watch the whole thing until it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as possible. Couch mm-hmm. potato, drool down the chin, chips on the couch, everything. Sadly, that always comes out the first part of June, and that's always when I take my vacation to go home and see my family. When you're gone. Right? And my family is not really um, the type of family that you'd <laughs> watch that sort of thing around. So I always have to wait till I get home to watch it. <laughs> I binge watch. Orange is the New Black, anything that I'm watching. And I'll binge watch it so much that I will dream about it that night. Well, my son is the same way, but he watches different shows than I do. And he binge watches. And when he's home, I watch his shows because I can watch my shows when he's at work because he works evenings. Mm -hmm. And so one particular day, it was a weekend. We watched The Office the whole time he was home. Then he went to work and I watched Orange is the New Black until I went to bed. So that night, I dreamt of a cross between The Office and Orange is the New Black. Hey, I think you just came up with a brilliant idea for a new show. Let's get NBC on the line. Let's get Netflix on the line. Let's get Hulu on the line. It was just a really strange combination. Somebody's got to love that combination. The two shows going on in my brain at the same time. Dwight is kind of a quirky personality. I think he, that crossover would work quite well as him as him with him as a prison guard, don't you think? Dwight is awesome. <laughs> Dwight. He's, he's so unique. If you haven't seen The we'll Office, you must watch it. Yes. It is the, well, of course, we're talking about the American version of The Office. Right. I haven't because, watched the British version. No, I didn't watch it either. Um, I, I, I think I probably would have liked the British version. I just happened to watch the American version first. Right. Boy, did we get off topic. We did. But that's Way, something we always do. normal for us, isn't it? Right. So we should... Well, you were talking about reading a lot of books I when did. you were on vacation. Yes, I did. But you know what the really sad thing is? You know you read too many books. When you read an entire book from Oklahoma City to almost the Colorado border, um, and you accidentally delete the book... And you don't remember what it was or what it was about, but you loved it. God, See, I don't that. have that problem very much. Like, But I did. I, I, I actually listened to an entire book and enjoyed it so much that I, I barely slept through Kansas. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about that ride, you would yeah. totally understand. I-70 through Kansas, Kansas is, is a boring, bitch. boring. Because it's flat and it's straight and the road is fairly good. 
which mean that means that you can't even get woken up by the bumps yeah, like you it, do in it's Oklahoma. It's not bumpy. You don't have to readjust because of the potholes. Ugh. But me and Stacy were actually talking about the other day about forgetting what you've read and what you haven't. Uh-huh. And I told her um, an example of how much I remember is like one time my sister randomly called me, my older sister. She's like, do you remember that book? That you read when we lived in Pennsylvania 22 years ago. And it was about some kind of, it was a horror novel and it was, it was dumb. It was stupid. It was not a very good book. But my sister wanted to read it because my sister liked it. Oh. And it was kind of a romancy, I don't even know what kind of monster it would be in there that was killing people, but they were like, drinking their essence and so they would like grow old and die Hmm. like the next day it was it was strange it was really strange anyways and she said and i'm like oh yeah i remember that book i'm like i have it do you want me to send it to you (laughs) just that quick i I don't remember that kind of stuff in fact we've had that conversation during this podcast before of a book Mm -hmm. i read years ago and i finally come across it again right but um i actually read two notable books while I was gone. Okay. And since Nicole's not here, I'll talk about one and then you can do yours and then I'll come back and talk okay. about another one. Sounds good. That's okay. And I'll go to the first one first because I really, really, really liked it. It was called The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared by Jonas mm-hmm. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And it, what's really funny about this is my friend Vicki, who lives in Powell, we grew up together. We were best friends in school. And, uh, her daughter loves podcasts and her daughter moved home to live with her for a while and her daughter got her to listen to our podcast and she actually has started to read books outside her genre which her genre which by the way is romance and i constantly ribbed her about that the book that she has (laughs) recently read is this very same one the 100 year old man who climbed out the window and disappeared and it can't be a romance if you read it no it's not um, it, it's kind of, it's, I kind of found it funny because it was like almost an absurd comedy because it was about this centenarian who he was there at the old nursing home on his 100th birthday and they're having a party for him and he gets fed up and climbs out the window and takes a hike. But it's about his life uh-huh. and his life has been absolutely unbelievable. Huh. Such as just about any famous figure during the time period he was alive, he had some connection with. Wow. So it's like all a flashback to his life. Exactly. It's flashback to different times in his life, such as the time where he just happened to be in the room as a waiter when they were coming up with the atomic bomb. And he just happened to be an explosive explosives expert (laughs) so you know he made a suggestion which then led to the development of the atom bomb so there's that (laughs) and he had a a way of getting drunk with presidents Mm -hmm. including he was really good at being in the right place at the right time exactly and it, it was very absurdist it was not the kind of book that you would want to take seriously you know i love humor yes Mm -hmm. so it was just a very entertaining novel. You'd roll your eyes, but it was hilarious because all this shenanigans that he was getting into were just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
it starts out that he is, I think it's right after he climbs out the window, he's in like a bus station or an airport. I don't remember which, one of the two. And he goes into the bathroom and there's this guy with this big old suitcase in there and the guy can't get the suitcase in the stall with him. So he leaves it outside his stall and the old guy decides it looks like a cool suitcase. And so he makes off with it. So then the, the entire first part of it, he's being chased by these criminals who want the suitcase back because it's got $50 million in it. Oh, my gosh. Right. So. And this old guy's like just he's took just off like, with it. He's still got his uh, bedroom slippers on and he's kind of trekking <laughs> through the country. You know, he gets on a bus. And his hundred year and party hat. Exactly. <laughs> just an old guy tottering around and people just keep dying around him and. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's the it's kind, kind of, of thing like, that would make like a great Magoo, like um, yes, Mr. Magoo. It would Mr. make Magoo. a great farcical movie, very farcical, <laughs> um, and just highly entertaining. I liked it because I'm driving down the road, chuckling to myself, mm-hmm. and really enjoying the personality personality of this guy who's lived through so many different kinds of things over the years. Mm-hmm. And he's just takes everything in stride. He's just the most laid back guy ever. And all the stuff that's happened to him, he just sort of goes, oh, well, I'm in prison again. You know, he's just like, (laughs) no big deal. I'll just kind of hang around here. Food's not that bad. (laughs) That's his his personality. Have a cot, sleep in. Yeah. So good. Meet new people. Yeah. So it's really, it was a really fun read and it was a nice Nice way to cross the country, you know, listening to that. Cool. And the people who read it were really good, too. So, of course, it's an audio book. Yeah. Once again, that was The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared by Jonas Jonathan. So, that was number one. What did you read while I was gone? As well, if I didn't already know this. Well, I know we you were, know. we were listening to the trailer before the <laughs> podcast. I turned on the recorder and you could hear this. Oh, Evan, or whatever. The, Isabel. Oh, Isabel. <laughs> oh, oh. Now this, it sounds like a romance novel from where I'm standing. Of course, I'm rolling my eyes back in my head. I know. And it was a little romancy, but it's not like, you know, a Danielle oh, Steele romance. You know. And, uh, the soaring music kicks in. Oh, my gosh. Listen. <laughs> Tin Man. Yeah, just I have because no some heart. of us have a heart. I need a heart, even if though I don't I use mine very much. A heart. <laughs> because this actually would—I mean, for normal people, not so much us—this would have been a pretty much a pretty tearjerker kind of book. And what was it called again? It's called *The Light Between Oceans* by M. L. Stedman, and this—it says that this is her her debut novel. Oh. And it was published in 2012 for, in Australia. So this is an Australian book. And I said, gee, if the movie's already out back in September, what kind of movie could it have been if we've never heard of it? But she said it's from Australia, so therefore it actually might be okay. Right. It might not have been released in the United States. Don't don't be bashing on my book, man. I'm just giving you some shit because I, I haven't seen you in two book. whole weeks. I have to I give you some shit. I like this book, and it's not very often that there is a tear-jerking book that I like. All well, right. actually, I like them a little more than you do. I know you so. do. Which is why I like to rib you a little bit about it. I know. But it's not like a true romance, Daniel Steele, you know, hero comes to the rescue of the damsel in distress kind of thing. 
But what this is, it's set right after World War I in Australia. And the main character in it, Tom, um, is military. And at the time, the military um, controlled the lighthouses. Because, you know, this is way back when they actually had to have, you know, a flame and mirrors to make the lighthouses. I mean, they didn't have electricity. Oh, okay. So they probably would have had to have fuel to keep the light going. Right, and you had to have somebody that went up and, like... You know, lit the the light every Someone night. Someone reliable at so that, sundown. So hence the military. Right, exactly. So he's stationed to this lighthouse after his service in World War One, in a very kind of desolate island off of the coast of the coast of Australia, and is between the Indian Ocean and the Antarctic Ocean. So that's you know the between the ocean thing, and. uh he only comes to shore every three years. He doesn't get shore leave in... Every three years? Every three years. And at one of his shore leave, for the first time that he... His first shore leave, he meets a girl named Isabel, falls in love, and writes to her back and forth. And when he goes back again, she, uh, she comes back out with him and they're married and everything else. You know. So they have a three-year-long courtship by by letter. By letter, right? Because which he's... is romantic back in those days, right? And you have to remember that he only had a ship come with supplies every three months. So a letter, it would take three months to get a letter back from them. Wow. So you know, and it's not over. It's sweet and not, but not overly mushy. Because you know, I don't like overly mushy. So, anyways, they get married, yada, yada. She goes back out. She just yada, yada at the marriage. <laughs> goes back out to this desolate island that doesn't even have roads. That's how desolate that the only thing on this island, pretty much, is the lighthouse. That's it. And, um, how dull. You know, the wife, which her name is Isabel, if you didn't get that from oh, Isabel. making fun of the trailer, <laughs> she... um. Sorry. She wants to have a baby, so they try to have a baby, and she she miscarries. And oh. then she miscarries again. And then she has a stillborn, a baby that's born too early, and at the time they, didn't, they don't have the kind of medicine that we do now, so basically the baby dies. And a couple of weeks after her, her son, who was born at seven months, dies, a boat washes up on shore, that has a dead man and a two-month-old baby in it. Whoa. And the baby's alive. Whoa. So they take the baby, and Isabel convinces her very morally straight-lined husband that they need to keep the baby because if they take the baby back to shore and her mother and father both died at sea, then the baby's going to go to an orphanage. And orphanages were not great places back then. Right. So they keep the baby and they go back to shore a year and a half later, which um, Isabel's parents and everything all know that Isabel's pregnant. Right. So they just expect that that baby is hers. Right. Exactly. Mm. Because she was pregnant at the time and it's only a difference of a few months. And of course, there's no phone. There's no communication. Exactly. So it's a logical leap. That that is her child. Right. So they just, 
don't say anything. And when they go back again three years later, so the baby whose name is Lucy is about four and a half years old or so, they hear the story and the mother actually lives in the town that they live in. The story of what? The story of what actually happened that would lead to the, the husband, dead man in the boat. The dead man and the baby in the boat that washed up in shore. Wow. So, and then there's this grieving mother who thinks that her baby is dead and her husband and baby were washed out at sea, but they've never found the bodies. So then Tom is really distraught over it because there's this grieving mother who's extremely sad that they lost her baby when her baby's alive because they have her baby. So then he feels a pang of conscience and tells? Well, he doesn't tell. What he does is he starts writing anonymous letters to let the mom know that the baby is alive and in good hands and is loved. Well, all that does is start an investigation with the police. And one of the letters that he sends, he sends an item with the letter and somebody who has been on the supply ships recognizes the item as Lucy's, as the little girls. So then they arrest the husband and he tells them that it was all his doing. His wife had nothing to do with it. He forced her to keep the baby because he doesn't want his wife to get in trouble and get arrested. So he tries to take all the blame. But then in the meantime, you have this four-year-old who they take away from the only parents that she's ever known and give her to a complete stranger who is her biological mother. It's where she's supposed to be. How horrible. So this little four-year-old... And being the mother of an adopted child, that makes me even more freaked out. And it's sad. And it just... It's such a moral dilemma because they only kept this baby because they thought they were doing the right thing and they wanted to make sure that the baby was taken care of. But then... They go, but then they, they find said out, nothing when the baby was only a year and a half old. They didn't say anything when he was a year and a half, but they didn't, they, had, they hadn't met the mother at that point. They didn't meet the mother until the second time, I don't think. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yikes. And, but then they see this mother who's extremely distraught over her lost child. But it's so late now to say anything. And I mean, they've committed a crime by doing this, not. Yeah. Not a bad Not crime. knowingly. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, I suppose they did, but yeah. That's, 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 a, the whole thing is tough. That's a tough thing. Right. So you have all of these emotions floating around all over the place because it's just, it's an extremely emotional thing for everyone involved. Everyone. And the author does a very good job at putting forth how the people should feel. I mean, you feel what they feel when you're reading it. At least I did. Yeah. I got a text from Bonnie today saying, man, this is a real tearjerker. <laughs> Actually, she wasn't sniffling, but <laughs> if she said that, it must have been very, very sad. Well, don't, it's not don't like tell it. Tell me what the ending is. No, it didn't make me cry or anything, but I, it's just, it's such a moral dilemma. You do something that, that you think is morally wrong, but is the best thing for that child, but it's still not really the moral thing to do. What do you do? What if they would have, they didn't know about the mother when the baby first showed up. What if they called the authorities 
And the baby turned the gone baby to an in, or- orphanage. and the baby would have gone to an orphanage where the she was abused and malnourished, and you know, and yeah. had a horrible, horrible life because of the conditions in the orphanage. Right. Dang it! That I, is a hard one. I mean, I don't know. It, it's just it was. It really kind of. It would be interesting for other people to read this to see who they side with. Who they think is right and who they think is wrong. If they think Tom and Isabella is wrong because they kept the baby. Or if they think they're right because all they wanted was the best thing for the baby. Or if they think that Hannah's wrong because of her hatred for the couple who took care of her baby for all those years. Because she hates them. Oh, she hates them. Woof. Or, and it also... Well, because she lost both her husband and her child. Right. She lost her husband and her child. And you find out in the book that it was part of a hate crime because her husband was German. And this is right after World War One. And there was such a discrimination against German people after World War One that that's part of what happened. But I don't know. It's just kind of like, what do you. Who do you side with? It's a very I mean, I started reading the book thinking that it was going to be a murder mystery. And it ended up being a more of a moral dilemma kind of book. Hmm. And you obviously really liked it. I did like it. I really did like it. And again, it was called The Light Between Oceans by M.L. Stedman. And if you want a good cry, maybe read this book. I don't want a good cry. Don't read it when you're depressed, maybe. Yeah, it sounds depressing. Don't read it when you're pregnant and emotional, probably. <laughs> Don't read it if you cry at Reach Out and Touch Someone commercials. <laughs> at Hallmark Christmas commercials. <laughs> okay, let's swing back the other way, shall we? Because I know you didn't read a depressing book. No, actually book. I did not. But I did go back in time a little bit. Hi. I read something that I read right out of high school. I don't know exactly what year I read it. I might have even still been in high school. You hopped in your DeLorean and went back in time? I did. Well, I I sort of was like going back in time because I was driving back to my hometown to visit. And reading a book. And reading a book book that I read back then. Right. Right. It was. Because all the other books that were in my hold list hadn't come in yet. And here I am on the road on this hugely long trip. Did you say hi to the Doc and Marty for me? Yeah, I did actually. From Back to the Future? Yeah. Yeah. Because I love that movie. I got to go get the old flux capacitor <laughs> recharged now that I've spent all that time going back in time. But um, it's called The Crystal Cave by Mary Stewart. And it is a book that is written about Merlin, who is King Arthur's wizard. I like King Arthur. It was, and I, as I was reading, I was thinking... Well, the reason I picked that up again is because I remembered how much I loved that book. Mm -hmm. And when I first got back into it, I was listening to the first little bit of it. I was thinking, I don't know if I can make it through this because my reading style is so different Mm -hmm. now than it was then. But the fact that I was in the car and I was trapped, you know, I sort of just had to keep reading. And I acclimated very quickly to the style of writing and to the storyline again. And then I, her, her style of writing is so captivating. 
mm-hmm. that it did not take long at all for me to get right back in there. And Merlin is a young boy. And you find out about what who his parents were and the things that were going on in his life and how he became a wizard. And it's just such a cool story. I remember it being, when I listened to it the first time, or I, actually I read it the first time all those years ago, I I was very much in love with wizards and the concept of, you know, magic and everything. I still like am. That. I love Merlin. And I remember it feeling much more, quote, magical than when I was reading it this time. I was seeing how it could look magical when actually a lot of it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got two great things out of this book. The one thing was going back in time and remembering a story that I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. And the other is to see something clearly that I saw as a child and seeing it through different eyes. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. And there are three books in the series, and I'm going to read the others, too. What are the other books? Um, this first one was, what, The Crystal Cave? Crystal and then Cave. there's The Hollow Hills. And I don't remember what the third one was. But I, I know there are three. You want to hear something funny? What? One of the very first books that I ever read. I was like 14 when I read this book. Well, not very first read, because, I mean, I read The Hobbit at 12. But anyways, it was called... Uh, Guinevere, who was married to King Arthur. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, we all love that story. There's something about that story that just really, I don't know, it that whole magical King Arthur legend thing just really resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But this one was magical, too, because Guinevere, actually, she would, when she would walk into the forest Mm -hmm. you know when she was a girl before she was married to king arthur Mm -hmm. and everything um she found a unicorn and she would go back to see the unicorn and she would like communicate with the unicorn and i don't remember a lot of it because i mean like i said i was 14 when i read it and you know usually when you go back and you pick up those books that you liked when you were younger they're terrible I don't know if this one would be or you should not. See because if you, can, you should see, see if you can find it and see how you feel about it. Because it's really interesting to do that. You see things so much differently when you're old and cynical than you did when you were young and full of magic. I don't know if I would be cynical with this, though, because it's not like it was really a romance. Because she doesn't well, meet this Arthur isn't a romance until, either. until the end of the book. Right. So, I mean... It's more about her you relationship with the unicorn. You should see if you can unicorn. find a copy of it. I'm interested to see what you would think of it now. And I just, I loved that book. I always remembered that book. Mary and Stewart, who's the who's the author of this, is definitely a good author. Yeah? Yes. I mean, the, her writing style is very good. I recognized it then, and I recognize it now. And if you like Merlin and the whole Arthurian legend thing... I highly recommend that you grab a copy of it because it's a very enjoyable read. Even all of these years later. I bet you it would be because, you know. I think you'd like it even. I, yeah. I, and well, I, I know, know I have I like a hard copy of it somewhere, but I did get it. I did get the, uh, the audio at, at the library. So I can renew it for you if you want to read it. Okay. <sighs> 
So I guess that's that's it for this week. I, I mean, I do have other books I've read, but I got to save something for, for right. next week, we need right? Something for, right. And um, Eggman might be on again. Oh, yeah. Eggman's He's been reading. reading uh, getting ready to... Got a John Grisham novel, and Kelly's moving to Dallas, so she. So we got to try to get her on again before she leaves. We've got that, the smut episode that's been waiting in the wings forever. We got to try to get her and Giselle on to talk about, uh, dirty books. Yes, I have a dirty book I've been reading. Yeah, I've got one I had read a month ago. Whenever it was, we first talked about doing it. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if we can get that done before Kelly leaves. Because she and Giselle are friends and they wanted to both be on. So. Oh, did they want yeah. to be on at the same yep. time? Does Kelly have a raunchy novel that she can read? She does, actually. Yeah. Yep. You know Kelly. She's up for whatever. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Kelly is up for whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. She is definitely an individual. Yes, she well, is. That's I'm why we love her. Well, I'm her on every once in a while. Yeah. she's... She's Maybe pretty. we can get her to come back down from Dallas occasionally and pop in. Maybe. Or could if we be. could ever figure out Skype, then we could have lots of guests. Well, I know if we could ever figure out Skype. Well, it's not that I don't know how to use it. It's just that making it work through this system so that we could have it all synced up. Right, because the right. audio, you got to... Yeah. Yeah. And I know absolutely nothing about that, so <laughs> I am just here looking pretty well, well I, <laughs> I don't do any of the audio stuff we'll get it figured out eventually because <laughs> we got lots of good books out there and lots of good voices that we want to get on our podcast so right we'll get it sorted well i think that's do we have do i have any parting shots from the peanut gallery over there no i don't think so well i guess that's going to do it for two out of three book, book girls, girls.